0: 10 Taking you behind the scenes as we like to do here in the Lions 24-7 podcast, I want to begin with a criticism. Oh, well. um, this is not... Of me, of course, because I would, ne- I would yeah. never bring that up. Uh, this is of you from our producer, Andrew, whose name, last name I have never said aloud, which you know. I've only seen it spelled out, texts, emails, all that. Um, I've known him for eight years, and I've avoided calling him by that, just so. It's actually Dorita. The D, the Dorita. Z, the D is silent. Excuse it. the Z is silent, yes. Okay, yeah. Dorita. Okay, Andrew Dorita, pass this on from the last the episode nov- that we it's had. No-
1: nowhere near as complicated as it looks.
0: So. Well, it's, it's spelled D-Z-U-R-I-T-A. Yeah. You so that's... That's the confusion, right? Okay, glad we cleared that up. Yeah, um, but he passed on a criticism, and he does a great job piecing this together. The intro music is all him, you know, except for when people complain about certain music types, and then of course we all agree we should we, we should run play them that in, that in the next next episode. episode. Um, he said you have been using the word whatnot. Quite a bit, I, I love, love it. Late. Yeah, it's a great bailout word. I mean, I just I, I I
1: ramble, and you guys know you listen. I ramble too much sometimes, and you're we sitting all here, do. and it's recruiting usually. So you're just sitting there with your sometimes not right. sitting yeah. here, walking off and then coming back in five two, five minutes. Yes, but I, I do I do default to what and whatnot, and I, I've I've got no apologies for that.
0: No, but we're always looking to get better here, and that's where I was leading here because usually we close, you know, all the things we talk about and whatnot uh, on the <laughs> podcast by asking for reviews and rating. We're going to do that right here at the outset. You guys have been great. The feedback continues to be fantastic. But as I just demonstrated, Sean and I both have our own flaws. Maybe it's just one of us. Um, So we'd love to hear about those as well as what we're doing well. So please find us on iTunes. Rate review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Today, we've got a mixed bag. I was going to go the potpourri episode, but apparently... We've uh, done that. Yeah. yeah, So there's one of my flaws. I talked about being old and feeling old last episode. Now I'm forgetting things. So perhaps that's settling in faster than I expected. Nonetheless, potpourri episode part two. Um, we've got Pro Day coming up Spring Ball is going to start the day before This is really the, the biggest two days Of the last 40 And really the next 30 for the program So being bunched together, it's a big week Yeah. However, we covered a lot of Spring Ball talk Combined last time So it'll be a mixed bag, potpourri as I said Um Our pro day, we've also got to talk about. We did this cool exercise this week, build the ultimate Penn State team. We'll touch upon that. Spring ball, doing bold predictions. I've got questions up. We talk about players to watch. Um, And then I have a question because Hoops obviously is playing. We played last night. This is recording on a Wednesday. We're going to have Hoops talk with a separate guest who will kind of work his way through this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who will come on and fake it at the end? So when I fall asleep at eight thirty tonight, I don't have to watch it to yes. know what to
1: talk about. Yeah. Perfect. So
0: so this is going to be spliced. We'll bring that on later. It's going to be John McGonagall from the Center of Daily Times who is covering the game. Uh, eight o'clock against Temple. We'll recap that a little bit later on. And before we do that, we'll do a mailbag. All right. So we're going to interrupt our segment here with John. And then conclude with mailback. so right. you got to stick around for that. Great. All right. So, of all the whatnot, um, what do you want to start with first?
1: Uh, well, pro day's postponed, as we mentioned. We're recording on Wednesday, and it's uh, our, our pro day. Let's go. Our, get the, our yeah. pro day. Yes. yes, it's twenty-eight degrees, windy, and snowing. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to embarrass myself and pop a hamstring, I don't want it to be because of the weather. I want it to be because of my own uh, <laughs> my own workout style. So uh, that's that's going to be postponed. I'm not sure when that's going to
0: pop up, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit more a little bit later. Yeah, yeah I think you know we we had this idea about eight weeks. Oh no, the idea was months ago. Yeah. But first, started talking about it on the podcast about eight weeks ago doing this workout program. Both of us fell off that a little bit. I had a half marathon you last ran a weekend. Half marathon
1: over <laughs> the weekend. The trade,
0: not really feeling. <laughs> (laughs) bad for you in terms of falling off your workout here's the deal with that though because the half marathon training A interferes with the stuff that's actually going to help me run 40 yards or lift heavy weights off my chest or leap up in the air because any long distance running as people who do this more than I even know ruins your vertical leap so I don't you are gaining an advantage I am working harder and falling further behind you when it comes to that uh, even as you uh, rehab but anyway our pro day has been postponed we're still going to have a video for you it's going to be a lot of fun but that will not be out next week, sadly, uh, for all those of you holding your breath. But we'll have a final production, it should be fun and educational at the same time. Now, uh, I'm gonna go next. So, we've got Spring Ball Bowl predictions, Ultimate Penn State team. Could we have an NIT for football? That's gonna be a little bit later, okay? Because you know, a little thought exercise. I was, I it's saw NIT for football, I didn't know what the hell you were
1: talking about. Oh, so really? I'm just gonna what if you had here. to guess, though, before I just revealed what it is? Hi. If you don't make the the 18 college football playoff that it should be, then you get into a different tournament. I nailed it. Yeah, you did. Perfect. All right. Well, we might as well talk about it now. All right, let's do it. 18 college football playoff. I'm in favor. I know there's some, some hurdles and some holdups and everything like that, but... I mean, it makes sense, and Mm -hmm. I I don't think it needs to be bigger than that, and I don't think, honestly, any given year that the the amount of teams that can compete for a national championship is going to be more than that. I mean, it's probably not even eight, to be honest with you. I mean, it's probably five or six, So, but I don't think – Buy should be in it. I think everybody gets in, everybody plays, and everybody goes with it. I have no problem with that. And beyond that, uh, I think you can still stagger the bowls, do a little NIT-type thing, get yourself a couple extra games under your belt. And I, I, I like it. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but I well, like
0: it. yeah, because here was the idea. We kind of hijacked that conversation for do you want to do eight teams. I think we're, we're going to get to eight teams, but we can save that for May and June when we have nothing to talk about. Um, and the NIT is is here. The idea behind this was the bowls ultimately, at the end of the day, are meaningless, right? Like they're big, you know, sponsored events, it's a moneymaker for the companies that put it on. I think the build up, you know, provides some more meaning and significance to it. Obviously the history of games like the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, you know, some more meaning to that, you know, just because they've played it a hundred times before. But at the end of the day, you you win games outside of the New Year Six no one really cares. Right. Like You've got the Beef O'Brady's trophy in certain you know, trophy cases back in your program. They don't really care. So The idea for this tournament was, do you think ever you could get to a place where, again, say it's four, say it's eight, whatever it is, you've got the big college football playoff bracket, and then a la basketball, you would have some sort of NIT or secondary tournament that could work out? Or no.
1: I, I don't. I don't see. It. I mean, I don't think so. I think you go with one bowl because I. I just think the travel money and all that kind of stuff would be a holdup. And you, I mean, you see it with the, with the, some of these smaller basketball schools are complaining about having to you know get in an airplane and travel across the country in unlimited time. And some sometimes it's just not in the budget and for an expensive sport like football. I just I, I don't see them, get going that far. And also also you know I think the bowls are there you know as sort of a fallback and they'll probably stay that way
0: yeah and it's all about the money which is of course why the bowls are going to stay in place but i would counter with this is exactly what they're doing at fcs and lowers divisions lower than fbs right and it's entertaining i mean it's it's fantastic yeah i don't think people will complain about more football because that's ultimately what the tournament would be it's that's, the same thing you'd have bowls and if your team F- wins you right. keep playing okay but it couldn't obviously be that big it would probably be maximum of eight so you're talking about two 18 tournaments One, of course, being bigger than the other. Right. I don't know. I don't either. I think I think because the Bulls are so entrenched, you could probably never get away with this. Yeah,
1: I think that's I think that's what I was trying to go for in my last thing. Oh, really? I was trying to avoid saying what not, so I didn't ramble on it. <laughs> you're so. so shook. Yes. We well, are not. what, 10 minutes into this
0: already? No, seven don't, and a half. Don't worry about It down. feels like 40, but seven and a half. Because here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll cut it out, throw it in the outtakes. All right, great. Very good. All right. Moving on from possible NIT explanations, we'll get into what people want to know. The ultimate Penn State team. This was fun. It was fun uh, breaking down what six
1: positions. Uh, you have fifteen dollars, four dollars for each position. Um, you know we we staggered them. Um, honestly, pretty solid across the board. I think there was some real steals and value there um, in a couple of spots, but we'll get to that later. Uh, I- what was your team, first off?
0: Well, here, here's a graphic. For those of you who didn't see it on Facebook, didn't see it on the site, didn't see it on Twitter, it was everywhere. I, I, the reach got pretty big on Twitter. It was kind of a fun thing. I, it, it's not an original idea. You're given a $15 budget. because people uh, <laughs> tweeted at LeVar to tell them what an awful person you were. Yeah, disrespectful was the dumb. word. Oh, right? wow. <laughs> well, so you've got all-time best Penn State players, a quarterback, running back, wide wow. receiver, defensive line linebacker and defensive back you got to pick one from each so it's a six person team and they're ranked in order of value so of course the top guys are all worth four dollars saquon barkley uh you know a Tom holly in the defensive line Kerry collins is a top quarterback of course you can't go with those guys or you run out of money right so then you got to balance it out so with my 15 dollars budget this is the team that i went with i had trace mcsorley for three dollars i went with larry johnson for two dollars Allen Robinson for three, defensive line was Tom Bahali for four, linebacker because I felt it was deeper. I went with Levar very respectfully for two, and then Marcus Allen was my one dollar defensive back, which is a very shallow pool. But I felt like it wasn't there wasn't as big of a separation there um, where I felt okay getting away with a one dollar. It's amazing
1: to go position by position and then you get to defensive backs. <laughs> And I mean, no, no disrespect to Darren Perry, Mark Robinson, Allen Zomitis, and Marcus Allen, but man, that's that's tough. I mean, when you're looking at Hall of Famers and uh, you know first-team All-Americans and everything like that at every other position, and then you fall to defensive backs. I mean, and that's you know no reflection on the current team, obviously, because they you know they could very well have three or four defensive backs drafted this year, right? Um, but man, that's that's crazy to think about. Um, flipping over to my team, uh, you know. Todd Blackledge, you know he's—I think he gives you great value at two dollars because I want Saquon Barkley because he's the best player I've ever seen at Penn State. Although Kurt Warner for a dollar. you got to go, Kurt Warner for a dollar, man. I mean, he, he he was phenomenal. I know you weren't around. Wait, so what are you doing? Are you I went them? with Barkley. Okay, Kurt Warner for a dollar, the value. I mean, he, he, it's tough to pass up these these four running backs. You know, you can't go wrong, in my opinion. Um, receiver, I went with Allen Robinson again, one of the best that I've seen in person. Although Chris Godwin for a dollar, pretty good pick in, in that in that regard. Uh, number three, Courtney Brown, who you know probably had a better Penn State career than Tom Lee, who's listed above him. I went with him. Uh, Jack Hammond a dollar again. Value. I'm very cheap, by the way. Yeah. What are you, you doing this? with this extra money? Um, and then I'm <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to go Allen Zamidas for two dollars. Well, all my my big budget went to uh, Saquon. And as it should, I mean, he's going to find that out in a couple weeks. But yeah, I mean, I think
0: that's the way to go. Okay, because this is confusing me because you mentioned yeah big bargain. Blackledge,
1: Barkley, Robinson, Allen Robinson. So now you're up to what nine dollars? Nine dollars. Okay. And then I've you know I got to build a build a defense on a budget. Courtney Brown, Jack Ham, and Allen Zimitas.
0: So okay, that's the way to go. Solid. Yeah, build it. You know, offense wins wins games. Sports and those points, <laughs> okay. Very good. Uh, the the fun part about this too is not so much, and, and it's hard to establish this. Like this is purely for fun. These are not. We are going to rank the top five players at Penn State at all these different positions. And you
1: can't do that when you're building because you get you have to force somebody to take somebody that they don't think is is one of the best of all time.
0: Right. Like, if you were on this list, you were an all-time great, no discussion, whatever. And then it gets into, you know, with the the cesspool of the Facebook comments, which are like, oh, how would you leave this guy off? Or how's that guy on the X amount of dollars? It was like, okay, tell me who you're going to knock off this list. Right. Um, But it was fun. Like I said, it really spread. And, you know, something we had up on the site, Mark Brennan also had his team. He had Shane Conlon on there. We didn't mention he was a $4 linebacker because we were having this discussion. He loves him
1: Shane Conlon. Yeah, he does. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, But it was funny because Shane Conlon was one of the guys that kind of got omitted here Right. Because it was a little bit more expensive. And I think, you know, I, I wanted this list to lean more towards, you know, kind of a, have a little bit of a recency bias, right. I think, is what I want to say. Right. Um, because, you know, whether it's on Facebook or on Twitter, um, say, perhaps the kind of mom, um, you know, that uh, what are your audience, you know, that are maybe on Facebook a little bit more. You okay. ever hear that? Where mom's kind of. I just want to hear you keep going on this. Yeah. I really not really like <laughs> get myself out of a quicksand. <laughs> and I'm slowly slipping into uh, age 34 demographic that's the word I want thank you the mom demographic insulted everybody trying to find the word demographic yeah yeah. yes. while you were just standing at the edge of the quicksand watching me sink and slip away the 34 I think it's like 49 maybe 54 age range demographic of moms on Facebook more than most also playing games on their phone more than anybody else. So, outside of them, which now this has been a minute long. I don't know why I brought them up in the first place. I wanted this to have a recency bias. I think it's fair, too, because naturally players are always getting bigger, faster, stronger. Right. Um, Shane Conlon was left out. The other people, I think, were you know left out. As a result of this recency bias. And then Kajana Carter probably over to looked a little bit. Bobby Ingram as well. Bobby that's Ingram, right. yes. Yeah. No I didn't see anyone pick Bobby Ingram. That's a shame, too. Right. And I think because Alan Robinson looked so attractive. Deion Butler for $2 was not picked. Matt McGloin, uh, friend Ben Jones of uh, statecollege.com, was like, listen, give me Matt McGloin and Chris Godwin. And then there's 4,000. And I think that's why passing I, took, yards. I, took back, I took Blackledge because I, I wanted Trace originally. And
1: I, I, you know, some of these guys are just $4, and that's you know that's a, a good percentage of your budget right there. So you, if you're going to invest in a $4 player, give me Barkley. So that's
0: the way I, I saw it. And then uh, I think all the defensive line really came down. I saw a couple Michael Haynes who's in there for $2. No one took Carl Nassib that's for a one. Shame. Yeah. He was, Carl Nassib probably
1: didn't even take Carl Nassib, though. So I, mean, I
0: don't know if he'd tell us if we asked he either. Would, would, he would definitely a, not. No. no.
1: But... No. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I went with Courtney Brown. I mean, he was phenomenal. I don't know if you remember watching him at all because I know you didn't I, grow up with Penn State. Like, no. like, I grew up with Penn State, but Courtney Brown was, was a freak, I, man.
0: I was more aware of uh, Courtney Brown, I think, growing up it, through, like, a draft prism of, like, oh, he's one of those top guys that's coming out, big pass rusher, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and kind of my NFL, you know, following grew and grew with more in-depth knowledge um, before the NFL draft was, like, a hip thing to be into. Like, I was aware of him, but never, <laughs> never so much of his college career. It gotcha. was more of a, what he's, what's he going to do in the pros? All right. Now, um, going back to Carl Nassim for a second. He's obviously known for that, that big season, sets a school record for sacks in a single year. We saw Juwan Johnson a year ago. Heads up, this dude is the darling of spring ball. He's going to be the breakout guy. Was there a similar vibe? Because I was not covering the team at the time about Carl Nassib before going into 2015? It was a little different. Um, you know, we,
1: we talked up Carl Nassib and everybody told us to shut up, really, because <laughs> nobody believed that this giant nerd, you know, basically... Who probably he was, ran a 4 hater Yeah, I mean, he, he never really did anything before that and, you know, never did anything the season prior and just kind of stepped up. And, you know, we're saying, hey... Kids having a great spring, you know. He, you know, he's great. Summer, you know, this is a guy that they're going to build around. Well, while all the focus there was on zettel and Johnson, so and, right. and rightfully so. I mean, and and they still, you know, deserve a lot of you know uh, kudos for for Nasib's success, yeah. yeah, because yeah. of the attention that they drew. But yeah, I mean, that was one thing. I don't think he he blew up on that level that Juwan Johnson we talked about last spring. I don't think he was on that level. But and, and that's the other thing. I don't think people wanted to hear it. People wanted to hear about the guys behind him. Um, you know, kind of spacing on who that would have been at this point um in in terms of the defensive ends behind him but Carl Nassib walk on no stars whatever no hype coming in behind him no no reason to think that he was going to step up and and be this big time guy and you saw that the next year with Evan Schwann nobody wanted him to be that guy with people coming on campus that were obviously rated higher than him so um you know so so this buzz kind of wasn't Great, but you know, he worked his way into it, and after the f- first couple of games, people realized hey, this guy's for real.
0: So. Okay, well, the reason I asked was. Uh, Going to be a quick transition into spring ball well, predictions. Well, certainly now. killed that. Didn't he? <laughs> well, I appreciated the history lesson there. Yeah, um, and yeah, of course, he went on to be the highest draft pick, I believe, out of Johnson was Johnson was okay. Number one, Film Crush, by the way, that was 2015 season when I started watching. Oh yeah, it wasn't around for for uh, spring ball then, but watching that dude, man, game after game, he was the best. He was, <laughs> he was phenomenal. And
1: I'm surprised he hasn't done a little bit more in the. Pro- I know he's he's had a solid career so far, but I'm surprised he. You know, we haven't seen him elevate. You know, into that next level but that's another story but go back to your, your your saying. I mean I didn't mean to interrupt again
0: so. no it's okay this is my knock the quick transition I, I should have set you up for something a little bit shorter yeah. than Carl Nassib history so how about <laughs> Carl Nassim? yeah alright Well, into the next into the next section very good alright so spring ball uh, again we, we did the last episode 10 players that we're most looking forward to went back and forth that was a lot of fun since then I've had a piece the 12 biggest questions um, tell me you haven't looked at this
1: of course i haven't looked at it it was okay. a gallery
0: okay very good yes <laughs> which we apologize for and, gallery season yeah. and, and the whole thing is about galleries obviously it's more work for you to read it's also more work for us to write so when we say if we didn't have to do these then we wouldn't right we're being honest yes we are um okay well let's see let's do this how many uh can questions can you name of the 12 that no. i named as the biggest questions facing penn state well, i think i well. gave you five of them so um we, well, so uh, that's I got right because that. i was asking i was like i need to i want you, get to you had here.
1: seven originally and you
0: Wanted to get to ten, and you ended up with twelve because you love odd numbers. Didn't even tell you about twelve. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. All right. So let's knock these out. We'll talk about the ones that you didn't get. Uh, let's see.
1: Biggest question. Um, Tommy Stevens is there. I don't think it's the biggest question. And how much snaps? He, how, how many snaps he gets? Offensive line. Obviously. Uh, you, well, you're zero for one. I'm zero for one. Yeah. Did not include. Cause Tommy I've, Stevens on the offensive line is not one. <laughs> Right. Is the line position versatile oh. enough to fill in a right guard if need be? No. Oh, okay. Uh, offensive line improving. Uh, defensive tackle. Uh, yep. Yep. M- middle linebacker, obviously. Yep. Down uh, to nine. Safeties. I don't know if Eight. that's one or two. Yep. Uh, let's see. Replacing Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, yep. Miles Sanders shouldering the load. Um Tight ends. It was yes. obviously a big so one. So down to six. Um, how awesome traces? I don't know. I I think I'm out of questions right now.
0: So. Okay. Uh, we'll do a boring quick one right now. How does John Reed look? Oh yeah, John standard. Reed. Big one. Yeah. Um, can Carson Landis get this gain a leg up on the kicking competition? <laughs> oh wow. In case you missed it, only kicker on the roster right now.
1: Yeah, only place kicker. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, who returns kickoffs? And let's see who becomes this year's breakout player.
1: Okay. Good set of questions. Yeah. Especially the ones I gave you.
0: Um uh, plus how does defensive end depth start shake out? Let's start there and then jump to breakout player because that's that was my bold prediction. Yeah, because there's there's obviously I think more talent at defensive end than pretty much well, anywhere. Here's the other part of this. Ryan Buck Colts, I'm not entirely sure, and I think I don't know if we touched upon this last time, might not be hundred percent full go. For spring ball, right, and even if he was ninety percent, I think there's a a good likelihood he would have been one of those guys. Listen, we know he's bringing the table too. Let's not rush you. Just like Jason Cabinda, Marcus Allen, Saquon Barkley, a year ago, just you know, Mm -hmm. really went fifty percent, yeah, right. And it's and I think Bates is in the same thing. We're not getting, we're not talking about that. So let's say worst case scenario again, they're playing it as safe as can be. Ryan Buckholtz, you just you sit out all the spring ball. You just sit on the sidelines, just chill, do your thing, okay. That puts Sharif Miller at one spot and an open end spot at the other end of the line. That is- and you get a really heated three-man competition between Shane Simmons, Chaka Tony, and Eter Grossmatos. Thoughts.
1: Thoughts? Like where do you start Who, with that? Whoever goes in. I, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be Tony. I don't think Tony's the every down guy yet. So I think it's between Matos and Simmons, or Gross Matos and Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obviously love Gross Matos. So I thought Simmons looked very good at the end of the year last year. And I think he's, you know, probably got a little bit of a leg up um, just based on, okay. you know, Gross Matos, I think, still has a, w- a ways to go. He's not a freshman anymore. You know, you, you sort of have a little bit of leeway as a freshman. Um, but I think Simmons. He's a year older, too. Yeah, he's a year older. He's still got, and that's the thing, he's still got so much room to fill out I mean we posted those photos from the, the max out session yeah. and he still looks like, kind of like a high school kid you put him in pads well, he
0: looks kind of different but because Sean Spencer described him last summer as like a Greek god which is kind of their default like wow look at this guy I mean if, if James isn't counting the 10 abs on Camp Brown which I think has happened a couple times um but I think it's a fair point. I just think the way that that Gross Matos established himself is when they um, were without Shaqatone in the Fiesta Bowl, and he's of course that third down go-to pass rusher. He stepped in for that role, right. kind of ahead of Shane Simmons, who saw enough snaps. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the freshman to sophomore year leap is one that's you know well known and for good reason. It's not only physically that you've grown, but the better grasp on the playbook and, and where he's developed. And I think I think he might jump into that starting lineup. They are all rotate, right? Really, from string ball and the, the real test will be training camp, but they're loaded there. They're in a really good spot. They'll have greater depth, of course, with the kids who are shedding their, their red shirts coming in. And
1: then Spencer will make us look really stupid and put both of them out there and sit Sharif Miller because they don't need to play. Again, talk so, about veterans who doesn't need, right. need those stamps. No. But, I I mean, I was, and we've talked about this a bunch. I mean, that's probably the most talented spot on the roster right now in terms of uh, guys that are going to end up contributing for the long haul. And, and you just wonder, you know, Simmons is a guy that I think was a five-star by the composite or whatnot. But, uh, I mean, they've just got so much talent there and 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 they're going to be very experienced they're going to be very good i think they're going to get to the quarterback this year but yeah I, I, who the, the biggest question I, I think the biggest question isn't will they get to the quarterback it's who, who out of that group is going to get to the quarterback so right. i guess irrationally high on those guys right now which you know this is just a reflection of what what we're hearing so okay yeah. all right let's get to the fun stuff all right breakout player breakout player mm-hmm. i'm gonna lead off with jonathan Sutherland. i i like that pick i do like that pick and i was i was thinking lamont wade um you know whether or not you think he's already broken out or whatnot but mm-hmm. yeah safety is as good of a spot to go as as you could say lamont wade had a phenomenal spring last year he led the team in turnovers in the spring and you know he's looking looking like a safety right now we'll see if his instincts are the same as they were at corner but i i, I like the pick as a safety either way yeah so did we just step on our own toes there by both, by both going? I mean, it
0: searching? probably wasn't the most interesting back-to-back answers. I was just thinking, though, if we had uh, a whatnot counter so far. Because I think you're still at zero. <laughs> yes. You're doing well. Uh, I'm uh, Are I'm, you... I'm really, really struggling here. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, I couldn't tell if you were a little bit more relaxed, if you were just kind of... Chilling. Oh, and my feet, feet are going, going a mile a minute. Just yeah. all right. Very anyway. good. Well, here's that leads into my bolt prediction, right? Because this is probably the most interesting piece that people wanted to hear about from this episode was just what's the one thing that's going to happen in spring? And I think part of waiting for spring gets you so hyped up that you might overestimate the impact. No doubt, there's a foundation. They're installing everything. If you want to have a good season, you got to have a good spring. Right. Now that said, everybody has a good spring. Like <laughs> let's let's realize it, that training camp is going to be where you kind of you know make and mold the team that you have going into September right now I think however that entering training camp and based on how this spring goes they Penn State will lock down one of the starting safety spots they will feel very good about one of the candidates whether it's Wade Sutherland Nick Scott I'd probably put Aaron Monroe behind those names though not too far behind and one of those guys will do enough for this you know they don't say it out Gary Taylor's in there as well. right right but Based on, on how they're speaking and, and the the things that we'll hear From talking to people behind the scenes It'll be, yep, that at least one of those spots Is solved by the way game Alright, very good, so that's your bold prediction That's my bold prediction My bold prediction is that Penn State will
1: not have Its middle linebacker spot locked down I know we, we talk about Parsons all the time. Mm-hmm. We talk about all those other guys, and, and Ellis Brooks is a guy that I think is seriously going to compete um, yeah. for that job as well. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see how Nick Tarburton handles everything. The kid's a throwback, a, a big body in the middle. I think he's size-wise ready to go in there. Um, and and then you know you have the X factor of do you move Cam Brown do you move Koa Farmer which I don't think is ideal but no. but I I just don't think they have a middle linebacker coming out of spring and you know that might be by design I mean you've got a bunch of young guys going for that position um, you know you know I think you know that Cam Brown and Coe Farmer are going to be two of the starting linebackers I think you you start from there um, you know Cam Brown still obviously has a lot of work to do in, in his own right but, but I think they're happy with him like you know, I think so yeah I think so it,
0: it's so much physical too with him being 6'5 and, and just having Having such a struggle to add weight, right? You know, with his body and, type. And if you have a starter coming out of the spring, I mean, how does that
1: impact? You know, say you name Micah Parsons the starter. How does that impact Ellis Brooks? How does that impact the other guys? And on the flip side, you name Ellis Brooks that, How does that impact Micah, yeah. who just got just got here? Obviously, they have high hopes for him. Has has done well so far in workouts and things like that. I mean, does that have an adverse effect? So I don't think they have a starting linebacker or middle linebacker coming out of spring.
0: And I think that's smart too, um, because even if say Micah or Ellis earns the job. They're, they're a younger player, like, yeah. and especially with those where you got to say you got to earn it. Yeah. You know, this is not what we were talking about before with the Sharif Miller, Ryan vocals We know what you bring to the table. Take care of your body. We'll see you in training camp. This is a you need to perpetually prove yourself and get those reps at the same time to the rest of the team, right? So for those guys too, Mike, and more specifically, I think the just the little time he's had with the playbook would then not lend itself to a total command where you got to make different checks and you're facing teams like you know Michigan State or Michigan and was coming into town, Wisconsin too, and all the different motions and shit. That they're going to have to count for, where you know, it was probably the most underrated aspect to Jason Committe's game. You'd see him every time moving the line down physically or making calls back to the secondary. Everything that went into that, that's going to fall on perhaps one of their shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's interesting here is I don't think we've talked much about offense at all. I mean, the,
1: you've got yeah. you've got. To replace Deshaun Hamilton, which is a bigger hole than I think people were giving credit. You know, all the talk last year was about replacing Chris Godwin. Well, now replacing Deshaun Hamilton, you know, maybe not quite the tall order, but still, it's a huge chunk of your offense right there. So, and I, I don't see that next guy stepping in. We saw Juwan Johnson sort of coming. Um, you know, we, we thought Saeed Blacknell was going to be the guy last year in the spring. He gets hurt. Johnson steps in. All of a sudden, John, or Blacknell's an afterthought. Uh, I, I don't know that we see the next guy coming just yet. You mentioned KJ Hamler last week. On the on the the uh, on the podcast, I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm him, looking man. forward to seeing him as well. But can he have that that big impact? Um, you know, the guys like Hip and Hammer and Cam Sullivan Brown and, and and those guys that will step in there and get reps. I just don't know that there's the the, the game breaking potential that we saw coming with Jawan Johnson a year ago. So true. I think that's a that's a legitimate question for the spring.
0: I think it's going to be more fun spring than last year, to be honest. Okay. Just from a from media perspective, I think the excitement's a little bit less because coming off the Rose Bowl and your Big Ten Championship, there are high expectations. The whole gang's back together again. This year, there's just so much more uncertainty. And I think youth and, and, and talent, and not more talent, but you know what I mean, there's just you know raw ability there that, that needs to be coached and developed, and there's more of a ceiling than for guys who are established and improving themselves. Right. Now, there's a lot of players. Like That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a bigger
1: pool of players to pick from. And you can call that out of depth or whatnot, but there's a bigger pool of players. It's a more or less talented players to pick from and I think that's what's going to make it interesting you you also have the ability to rest Ryan Bates you have the ability to you know even though Miles Sanders will be a first time starter take some carries away from him give them to some other guys yeah. and keep him healthy and, and go from there so um, you know with the the roster building job that they've done, I think that's the, that's what they've been working to in the last couple of years.
0: Two quick things, one to wrap up this conversation uh c j Thorpe is another name that I have not mentioned enough, but very excited to see exactly yeah, he's Huge, gonna get in some strong, fights. he's mean, yeah <laughs> and
1: that right guard spot and and we're, we've talked about it a bunch of times. we're curious yeah. to see how they handle the three tackles because that will have an impact on that right guard spot. Michael Mennett is obviously the guy that I think everybody's pencilling into that spot. Cj Thorpe's going to have something to say about it. You wonder if Mike Miranda's going to you know work his way into the guard rotation or possibly the center rotation so uh, there's a lot of questions, but you know the, there's also more names to throw out there, which you know as this program gets back to where you know numbers wise where they think they're going to be because I, I think they're still in that building process. Process, yeah, But you've got more guys to throw into the equation Second
0: thing Oh boy Unrelated uh, But I'm on Twitter Okay Just popped up Great Breaking news Oh boy On ESPN That's really not breaking news That was a little strong Okay Like our Facebook teases They're the worst Speaking of the worst Bill Polley <laughs> Bill Polley <Pulling. laughs> Says he would select Saquon Barkley at number one If he were running the Browns Oh so he's not going to be the number one pick now Is what you're saying Possibly I mean they did sign uh, They signed Carlos Carlos Hyde,
1: Hyde. Yeah I uh, I mean jacked up. I don't think Carlos Hyde's scaring anybody away. But I th- I and I've said this all along, I think the Browns have bigger problems than they have at running back. I think they have actually some pretty decent running backs on the roster. I'm not sure the contract status status of Isaiah Crowell but Duke Johnson you know can can make some plays so I, I, I do do they have bigger questions at offensive line do you draft Quentin Nelson and Minka Fitzpatrick or do you, do you grab a quarterback because Tyron Taylor you know is a stopgap
0: in my eyes so I think the answer to everyone listening is going to be just keep it simple draft Saquon oh yeah well, you know, I, second, yeah. I would not if I were them and it's and Saquon's great and everything but it's just a matter of the running back position I think the talking point of it's been devalued in the league has been around for a while I think it's smart it's just a matter of value where you can find and especially with this class which is very deep running backs you can contribute and make an impact that are in the second third and fourth rounds where You know, right now, I mean, rushing also doesn't play a huge factor in games. I mean, you are, you know, not running to win. You're winning to run the ball out at the end of the game. Like, you need someone who's good in pass protection and someone who can run routes. The only thing Saquon's going to do at Pro Day, by the way. I don't know if you saw that today. Though he didn't totally rule everything out saying I'm too competitive. I might go out there and run 40. Anyway, um, I don't think they should take him. Okay. I,
1: on the Browns. I mean, the answer every year, the correct answer every year is try and trade down. I mean, yeah, yeah. for how much money you're going to sink into the, oh, these yeah. guys, try and trade down. And how much
0: of a crapshoot it is at the end of the day. For all the measuring you want to do and the, the grading and the scouting, like it's it's not even an inex, inexact science. It's a right. crapshoot. So give yourself as many chances as you have to take a bite at the apple. Eventually, you'll get a good one. And uh, so good luck. take one of the giants at two. Yeah, don't take them one, but two is fine. (laughs) Two is fine. Don't take them one or four. Perfect. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, we ran down our uh, Potpourri Part Two episode here, except for the mailbag, where we're going to take a quick break, bring on Johnny, talk about Penn State's game against Temple. That, um, well, it didn't just happen because I already admitted we're recording this on a Wednesday. But NIT full breakdown, and then uh, come back for the mailbag. All right. Sounds good. See you in a bit. Believe Nation is on their feet! You Mister, talk about guts! Mr. Big Shot! Taylor Battle! President Battle! And as promised we bring on John McGonigal, the Center of Daily Times recap Penn State men's basketball 63 to 57 oh boy. And, and we shared a ride back to talk about the game and obviously you go over the moments like you know any fan would afterward but the the word on the night is ugly. And or, or woof, I think woof is a uh, pretty woof definitely applies. And we'll get into to more serious analysis of this game because there is stuff to talk about besides wow that was a nice or. But if you missed the game and only saw the final score what I would like to do is something that generally is not advised in an audio medium <laughs> and that is just read. Because uh, I was thinking about this game and obviously wrote the game story you can find on the website. This was my lead and I feel like you tell me if I'm right or wrong as a, as a writer and someone who saw the game sure, whether sure. or not this works. This is how the game story begins. Yes. For 36 minutes... The dumpster fire raged. No, that's good. That's fine. <laughs> that's <what laughs> no, it goes on. Okay. Goes on. All right. <laughs> Fueled by careless fouls, absent stars, and fading season hopes, its guide to the Bryce Jordan Center rafters Wednesday, warning all in attendance this would be the last they would see of their nittany lines. While this year's NIT may operate within a new rule structure that's tinkered with halftime, uh, not halftime, but breaks in play, the three-point line, and more, the game itself is still 40 minutes long. And so in those final four minutes, four-seeded Penn State suffocated the fire, much like its visitors, and root to an ugly comeback win. Yeah, look, I mean, it was it was ugly for 36 minutes. And Shiz
2: Alston, the guard for Temple, said in the postgame press conference um, that look, we beat them for 36 minutes, and then they hit shots down the stretch, which is what happened. Look, Penn went on a 15 to three run in the final four minutes, uh, really led by the three the three ball. You know, Shep finally hit two, uh, Josh Reeves hit one, and Shep's second three ball, his first one tied it, second one put him up five, and and at that point, you know, there's a minute 38 left, I believe, at that point. They're up five or whatever it is. felt like an insurmountable lead. It really did. It really did because that's just the way the game was going. It was so ugly in the first half, and it was ugly for much of the third quarter. I mean, ugly to the point that Tony Carr, the leading scorer in the Big Ten, you know, 20 points a pop per game, has two points, one of 12 shooting. I mean, when that happens, you you as a team who relies so much on the, on that guard should not win or should not expect to win, and really it didn't look like that was going to be the case until
0: they started hitting shots down the stretch. And that's what happened too, because you know we talk about so much of what this game wasn't. It wasn't pretty, okay. It wasn't a game that you would ever want to watch again. No, no. And down the stretch, they, it wasn't you know uh, close. Right. But what you had before then, because I, I don't think we can let this be lost, was Josh Reeves was excellent. He looked like the only guy out there with energy. He so, was the only Penn State to score in the first half, finishes with 19 and 11 to go along with one assist. Thirteen and of those were in the first half. Yeah. And, and kept really them afloat. kept them afloat, absolutely. And that was after suffering an injury. Then gets yeah. poked in the eye in the second <laughs> half, <laughs> hits two threes that they need at the end of the first half. And the other part that gets lost in this, too, is you mentioned the 15-3 to three run. They closed well in each of these quarters. Because, again, right. the NIT this year split up into four 10-minute quarters. Uh, at the end of the first quarter, it was 8-3. to And of the third quarter, it was 11-4, to four, where all 11 of those were foul shots. Yeah. And then Nas Basik hits two shots going into halftime, where, again, it's a manageable lead. So they were closing well. They were in it. But when you have Tony Carr, like you mentioned, has two points. He and Lamar Stevens were one of, like, 20, I think, at one point, yeah. which sounds absurd. But that's, that's how this game felt. I mean, look, at halftime,
2: Shep, Garner, Stevens, and Carr were 0 for eleven. They didn't score like, like go figure that your three, I mean three reliable scorers like that would have nothing at halftime, absolutely nothing. And I mean, look in the first half, you know, turned the ball over six times, which six times isn't terrible, but when two of them just are you dribbling off your foot and going out of bounds, that's pretty bad. Like it was just everything that you know they had more fouls than than field goals, ten to nine in the first half. They were blocked four times, and it felt like more shot thirty one percent from the field, and there were two clock stoppages, too, like clock malfunctions, yeah. which is like, it makes it drag on and on and on. The first five minutes of the first quarter was 22 no. minutes of actual, like, real time. I mean, it felt like it was going to be a three-and-a-half-hour basketball game tonight, and well, God, the, nice that, part the was, first
0: half was just it was just brutal. You could tell some of that ugliness was a byproduct of, like, listen, these these dudes know each other. Like, oh, they yeah. go back, oh, yeah. you know, to Philly, you know, it, Temple doesn't consist exclusively of Philly guys. We know all the Philly guys in Penn State's roster, but we were able to go to the locker room which does not happen post-game, except mm-hmm. for this is NIT rules. So they run the show and they say what media can and can't do. And we talked to Shep, talked to Nas Bostic, um, even Tony Carlo, but Mark Stevens is like, yeah, listen, they know what we want to do. We know their counters, and then they kind of the counters to the counters. Exactly. So you run through all that. Yes, energy was down. Tony Carr, the best player on the floor, was was just awful until the final stretch. Had a couple nice assists, had six rebounds. And then again, Shep corners not himself until he hits those late threes. But some of that, too, was just like, we know how to defend you. Good as you might uh, be, we Grew up with you, yeah. And, dude, and it, that means something.
2: It felt like a blacktop five-on-five game. That it just just a pickup game for the first half, just duking it out like that. Where. Like you said, you know Shiz Austin and Lamar Stevens are best friends. They played in high school for two years together at, at the Haverford School in the Main Line. Like yeah. they know each other going back, and it's like when you're developing those moves as as a high schooler and find you know you fine tune them in college. I mean, those guys saw what you had back then, and it's it's not too far you know from 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 that. So yeah, look, they know each other. They they play each other all the time in the summer when the Penn State guys go back home to Philly. They they'll meet up and play and. It's just it, you could tell. You could yeah. tell that was the case in the first half, and it, it really started, you know, to, to turn the tie there at the end with just the three ball, and that's that was ended up winning it for Penn
0: State. And at the end, they lead for just three minutes and seventeen seconds. There was yeah. only one tie that we had, and that was at the very end. <laughs> Penn State finally turns it, and, right. and the guy who did that, as we mentioned, uh, was Shep Garner with that first three that he hits. It ties the game, and that's the last note I'll say on this because we got to look ahead. And Notre Dame's going to be the game on sure. Saturday at noon. Shep hits that three, gets a win, and final game of the Bryce Jordan Center, which you know in some part is kind of a small consolation, but you did lose on senior night to Michigan, which of course sucks in and of itself, but you lose Mike Watkins and in turn take a big blow out of your NCAA tournament hopes. Mm -hmm. So all of that occurs. Shep's not able to leave on a win. Now he goes out on his terms with a victory, and he's the biggest proponent of that down the stretch, not only with those threes, but defensively, like we said, a single basket for Temple in the last three and a half minutes for him to go out and what he's done for this program and been a part of the rise. I mean, you've got to feel good for a guy like that. Absolutely.
2: And quick note, too. uh, Nas Bostic, 12 points. Julian Moore, 10 points. Nice contributions by those two guys. Moore, a senior. And Shep mentioned it, though, in the post-game that Look, this was... He didn't want this to be his last game. You know, it it came down. He said, "quote unquote." It came down to who wanted it more, us or them, and we made the plays on the stretch, and he was a big part of that. They wanted it more. For they the last, wanted it more for the last forty-three <laughs> minutes. And it seemed like it seemed like no one wanted it in the first thirty-six. No. So yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Looking ahead to Notre Dame, I mean, th- this is a team that was uh, that that felt, you know, done wrong by the uh, by the selection committee. A lot of people thought that they could have, should have been in the tournament ahead of, you know, Syracuse or you know, a yeah. few other teams that ended up getting in UCLA. And and it's because they had their best player, one of the best players Coach in the country. players, Farrell was out too. Absolutely, yeah. Bonzi Colson missed a lot of the season, and and that guy is just an animal. That he's going to be really tough, as, especially when you don't have Mike Watkins in there. I mean, he's going to be a handful for Julian Moore and and those guys on the block to really, you know, because he can step out and hit from really anywhere. And it's, I think that'll
0: difficult. that'll probably fall more towards Lamar Stevens. We saw sure. play some of the five in the third quarter. They went small, kind of came back a little bit, couldn't close it until the fourth. Yep, but. I I think I asked him about goals. He's like, yeah, he's good. I don't really know anything about them. Shep said that you'd seen a couple of games of them. Nas along the same lines, but sure. it kind of just comes down to him and Farrell, right? I mean, that's what broke their season ultimately in their NCAA tournament hopes. But on a talent basis, they're a one seed for a reason. It's because really they shouldn't be.
2: Yeah, look, yeah, on a talent, you know, by a talent basis, they should be a nine or ten seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They should be playing on Thursday or Friday, you know, one of these sites, not in the NIT. But you know, when when you have a 21 and 14 record, and you know, the the committee can only do so much in terms of looking at your total talent. I mean, you have, you have to look at the resume and, and what they did and what they didn't do, and what they didn't do for most of the season was win without those guys. So yeah, but in terms of talent, this is going to be one of the toughest tests Penn State has all season, realistically.
0: Yeah, really good team. I think it'll be a fun matchup. You know, to me, obviously, Penn State is going to be an under dog mm-hmm. they should be what would especially con- on the road too right yeah. what would concern me beyond notre dame's pretty good and Penn State is going to be on ro- on the road. is just that energy level that they yep. have for the first 36 minutes. Now, if you want to play devil's advocate here and big time PSU fan and say like, listen, Tony Carr's not going to have two points again. Exactly. You know, Shep Garner should have at least eight points, but they should arrive sooner. You get better games at a Lamar Stevens. Uh, you know, well, you're not going to get better games at a Nas Bostic or Julian Moore no, or Josh Hughes likely. Yeah. And you're going to need a much, much, much better performance against Notre Dame. And I just I worry about you know because because so much of Carr's game, and you don't like to. Do sideline psychologists, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously the NBA has been a topic of conversation. I'm not saying his head was elsewhere, but there was just this vibe to his game that goes beyond but looks like a nonchalantness, which is really just him controlling pace. Like, he yeah. was slow and ineffective in missing shots. I don't know if there's something more there, but I think you've got to be open to the possibility. And if that's the case, then if they're not full speed and full go and fully engaged, like, I, you don't, you know, have a 0% shot. But Notre Dame won by a lot against Hampton, yeah. and that was a game where, again, you feel like you've been slighted. You don't have to be against. It's Hampton. Why would you bother? They were up big from the get-go, rode that throughout, and that's a team that I feel like is going to bring it. Absolutely. And, and like you said, Tony Carr has to bring it. He
2: didn't bring it. Against uh, he did not bring it against Temple. He just didn't. I mean, there was a five second period there in the third quarter. Oh. He missed or he airballed a wide open three. Uh, Nas or I'm sorry, Jamar, Jamari Wheeler ended up getting the offensive rebound, giving it right back to him. He drives for a what should be just an easy you know gimme layup. Yeah, and all he glass. Just, all glass. Just looked like he just chucked it off the glass and you know it didn't have a shot. And you're like that's when you knew. I mean, you knew in the first half when he wasn't scoring, but you really knew then. It's like wow, this like something's going on in his head right now you know whether it's the NBA whether it's whatever it is uh it can't be there against Notre Dame he needs to have one of those signature performances put up 25 to 28 points uh for Penn State to have a legitimate shot here because Notre Dame has all the tools to I mean look if 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 Tony plays like he did against Temple I mean Notre Dame might be walking out of there with a 15 20 point win
0: Right. Now, again, it, it's it's too much to kind of speculate what his mind is. The sure. Oh, is yeah. It, yeah. Went, it went beyond just like he's trying hard and having a bad game. And mm-hmm. Just He just wasn't there. Yeah. Now, okay, so I think, the as we said, they're going to be underdogs. The likely projection is they lose. This is where the road ends. I think that makes a lot of sense. That's where I would project them. Do you think Penn State pulls off an upset on Saturday? I don't, know. Okay. I think Bonzi's too much. I'm with you, but what I think would help them here, because, again, defensively they're still a good team, if they shoot the three – as well as they did, as you saw when they beat Ohio State and when they're kind of giving Purdue a run and they're sustaining themselves, that's where I think they could give Notre Dame some trouble because they made, you know, 7 of 20, you look at the final game and you go, okay, that's about on par. Well, they made their last three. So for the better part of this game, you're looking at their 4 of 17 from three, which when they finally paired those threes with stops, that's when they're dangerous. So if they're able to do that for the better part of this upcoming game, I think you would have what you would expect, you know, two very, very good basketball teams that could have made the NCAA tournament and duking it out, but if they don't have those threes, I I think this is over and this is where it ends.
2: Yeah, and and you mentioned it that they you know they really had the, the last three to four minutes they were hitting right. So essentially they what took sixteen minutes <laughs> essentially sixteen minutes off. Yeah, you can't take four or five minutes off with Notre Dame because right. they they have the ability to pop off more than. Than Temple does, you know, very, very clearly more than Temple does. And you you just can't, you can't have that. You can't, you can't have, you know, Penn State did 16 minutes of, of really slow, ugly play. You can't have four or five against Notre Dame. Yeah. You just can't.
0: All right. got to wrap it up here because we got to get back to Sean and the mailbag segment that we promised uh, at the beginning. I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-oh. Two things. Give me your final four. And Ooh. stuff that you're working on, uh, coming up at the CDT, maybe spring ball related, or things you want to tease that people should follow and look for.
2: Sure. So, uh, final four is uh, it's Arizona against Gonzaga, and then Ooh. yeah, and then Purdue against Duke. I've got Purdue over Arizona okay. in, in the final. Uh, yeah, I just I like Isaac. I really, really like Carson Edwards. Yeah, I really like that kid. And they're so deep. I think Dakota from Mathias will win them a game. I like you know I just like everything about Purdue. But uh, no, in terms of teas and stuff, look, I mean, w- you know, we're just gonna we're gonna have coverage of uh, of pro day, uh, of spring practice. Nothing too big in the works. Uh, I'll probably end up heading out to Pittsburgh uh, sometime in the next uh, few weeks here to uh, to do a story on uh, Miles Sanders, just a longer piece on him. Just he, the kid deserves it. He's gonna be carrying the load. Uh, he's gonna be the guy next year. Him and uh, him and Trace will be leading the offense. So I, I like to kind of do that. I did that with Marcus Allen. Last yep. season, um, I've done it before with Lamont Wade, where you just kind of go and, and get to know the, the people that know them best. So I'll probably end up doing
0: that at some point in the next few weeks here. All right, let me write that down. Real quick. so Miles, yep, yep. When what, what do you, you want this done by so I can just beat you two at the day yeah, before? Yeah, so it?
2: it'll be yeah. done for, for me in 17 days. So just get it done the next 16. Okay, yeah, all
0: right, very good. Thank you for uh, following along with this no, no uh, boy and trap here. All right, well, this was good. So Penn State beats Temple. They get their win in the NIT. You know, first one that they've had under Pat Chambers, of course. Yeah, you know, well, they play in the CBI. But, you know, people don't really uh, count the CBI, nope. NCAA Tournament, NIT, uh, or bust. Well, this has not been a bust. Thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. We'll, nice uh, I'm sure we'll chat with you before the spring and summer's out. Indubitably. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, uh, you was a heck of a game. Yeah, really good. Really, really lots of uh, made shots, some missed ones, defense. I thought Johnny and I had a good conversation. I thought so, too. It was fantastic. What was your favorite part about
1: it? The end. Because <laughs> you could come back? Yes, yes. It's a great Muppets joke. Anyway, uh, Mailbag is back. Um, oh, the the old guys in the yeah, uh, balcony? Yeah, and Waldorf. Fantastic. Uh, favorite Muppets? Big Muppets guy. Muppets movie favorite one, real quick. Muppets movie? Yeah the original Muppet movie I guess oh the
0: original yeah I like the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol big one that was a good one yeah anyway that was not in the mailbag what's no (laughs) No. what's your least favorite Muppets movie uh Great Muppet Caper ooh did you know that exists oh uh, another one um really deviating here from the conversation the one where they're uh they're like pirates are out to sea Muppet Treasure Island yes oh my god (laughs) yeah that was like the uh it's been like the fountain of youth for me. Saw it as a kid, loved it, not been able to find it since. Really? Yeah. I have it on VHS at my parents' house, so I'll have them there. bring it up. Perfect. Um, also, throw the VCR in the trunk if you can. <laughs> Great. Great. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Muppet Mailbag. Muppet Mailbag. Perfect. All right. Um, what is Mac Hippenhamer doing? Like, I have been asked this question on Twitter. I have been asked now in the boards. Um not in person. I've I've had a good answer, but apparently it's not been good enough. So why don't you tell me what Matt Kibbenhammer has been doing? The first question of our mailbag. Well, obviously he's playing baseball and football. Um, you know he's been he's been involved
1: with both. I think he was the workout of the day uh, Tuesday or whatever yeah. uh, with football, and he's been playing baseball. I don't have his stats offhand, but he was uh, just on that road trip out west. Uh, the simple answer: he's going to do as much as he can for both. And I think you know from from talking to people he's scheduled to be a full participant in, in football in spring football so um how that works out with the penn state baseball schedule who obviously you know plays a lot of weekend games you know still yeah. early in the spring and things like that um but yeah he's going to be a full participant or as full as he can go in, in in football this spring
0: yeah i think if anything you probably miss a scrimmage you know that they'll have a saturday here or there but otherwise it's a lot more early in the week work that they'll have it's pretty established ahead of time this is something that he uh, james would have discussed uh with rob cooper you know, weeks if not months ago, and said this is how we're going to split it up. You know, Mac is contributing for baseball, so this is not a case of oh, he's just riding the bench. And if you're a football fan, well, let's get him in spring practice. No, he he has been playing for them. And he's, a, he's a bench player. He's he's played in five of twelve games so far. Right, pinch runner. I think he's. Yeah. Uh, I have here one of ten. Uh, you know, as we speak. So, but these are games too where they're they're traveling a whole lot, and and you know they're, they're close games where and they get in the Big Ten. Obviously, those are the games that you need and need to find out what you have. But he's contributing early. Well, presumably get better as the scene goes on, um, and then once they stop traveling to Florida or California or Texas or wherever they are, Carolinas, they'll come back, and then it'll be a little bit easier in his schedule, so uh, I, you know, it's a little bit of both. It's a lot. I mean, that, that's a lot yeah. on his plate, especially for a true freshman. Um,
1: really good really good baseball player, the one for 10 aside, um, but yeah, I mean, he's they've got high hopes for him on the football field as well. I'm um, going to slip in and be, be a Z receiver. I think he's going to stick on the outside with the, the amount of slot guys that they have on the roster. Um, so play a little bit behind DeAndre Tompkins and, and see what he can do this spring. I mean, he made some pretty good catches, got a good set of hands on him, pretty athletic kid. And, you know, we'll we'll see what they can get out of him this spring. I, I don't expect a ton from him, but, um, you know, especially behind Tompkins. But, you know, he's, he's a good little player.
0: All right. Uh, moving from baseball and football to basketball real quick, Johnny and I just talked about Tony Carr. Obviously. Yes. Um, where does he rank? All-time in in Penn State's program in terms of the best players they've had.
1: Well, I think he's going to be the best pro. Um, But in terms of where he was at, you know, assuming he moves on, which I think we said last week, we we both expect him to to go to the draft or whatnot. I know you're wrestling with that a little bit more than I am. There Um, it is. What?
0: The first whatnot. Damn. anyway
1: uh, <laughs> back to being shook Tony Carr it took took basketball talk for me to get to, to the first whatnot um, but no I think uh, you know I think if he does go to the draft I think he's he's built to be probably the most successful pro player out of the program um, you know I still like Taylor battle uh, you know he, he obviously you know was a little bit different times um, you know the, yeah. and things but uh, yeah he's, he's he's an excellent player uh, you can throw a bunch out there you know I watched Calvin Booth as a kid and he was he was great mm-hmm. um, he had a pro career as well um so i i don't know where he stands in that in that uh mount rushmore i
0: guess but i think he's, he's right in the conversation there i think if he does come back and presumably improves on what he's done this year as he made a great leap from being a freshman to a sophomore could leave as the best player to ever play at penn state
1: i, I had no problem with that yeah yeah I, I
0: in addition to you know as a college career but also as you said probably going to be the best pro if he leaves right now um Interesting you brought that up because I've talked to people close to him that are not as sold in the fact that he'll go. It doesn't mean they're right. It's going to be his decision. Well, he hasn't asked me. Yes. (laughs) Um, And current mock drafts kind of call from 25 to 40 in that range if you were to leave early. Got to go. Got to go. And I've talked to some NBA people, which we'll have a piece coming out soon, about where his stats are as soon as the season's end. We'll have that. Their thoughts about where he'll land. Some people say possibly as high as 15. They're thinking being, listen, if there's one team that just falls in love with him, then you got to go get him. Right. So, you know, 15 not being the exact number, but obviously outside the lottery is the point there. Um, and it's going to be a really tough call. We
1: don't get too much draft talk uh, in Penn State basketball, so um, you know it's. uh, I I just think you got to go if you're him. It'll be it'll be fun discussion. Last back to football. All right, uh, starting offensive offensive line. Obviously, a question. Not so much in the sense that you know we probably know who they're going to trot out there. But well, this
0: is I think for week one
1: they probably want to know because yeah. that'll be a different discussion. To start a spring ball. You no? put the question. Yeah, I think uh, that's. I think that's the big thing. And I have a I have a list jotted down here. But how much of Ryan Bates are you going to see this spring? Yeah. How much of Steven Gonzalez are you going to see this spring? I, I, I think that the spring is obviously a time where they're going to. Um, Experiment. move guys around, do some things. They have three tackles we talked about before that have starting experience. James Franklin does not like to take a guy that's got starting experience, at least extensive starting experience, and, and put him back onto the bench and put somebody in front of him, which I think is, you know, everybody says Michael Menett's going to be the starting right guard. Well, you know, can you slide Ryan Bates in there? Can you Can you move somebody else into guard? Right guard. Just, I'm just talking in general here. Okay. Can you slide somebody else in there that has starting experience and go with that five and then see what you've got in minutes, see what you've got in C.J. Thorpe and some of these other guys. So... The spring, I think, is not completely irrelevant, but at the same time, this is not probably not going to be the same five that you see trotted out there every every day. Okay, so we can we get your starting a <laughs> I, I wanted to hear yours, but yeah, I, I, I go left to right. I've got Bates starting at left tackle, which I think is just kind of a guess right now because Will Fries could be your, your starting left tackle, could be your left tackle of the future. They showed last year that they like him there. Um, so it could be really either one of those guys. And I have Bates and Fries at, at left tackle back-to-back and Alex Skellerstead behind them, um, Stephen Gonzalez at left guard. Don't see that changing. Mike Miranda, you know, Backed can up. make a pace, place to a, could state his case to play. Um, could be the backup lion as we discussed off air uh, behind Tommy Stevens, because he's so awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, moving on. You heard it here first. Yeah, uh, Connor McGovern, Zach Simpson. Uh, the questions about whether or not Simpson would be the guy. I think he would be the guy. They've got faith in him. Um, you know, just because he's a walk on or whatnot. I think people tend to write him off. but yeah. uh, McGovern and Simpson, Menett and Thorpe. Um, We talked a little bit about the right guard uh, uh, situation beforehand. I think Mennett, C.J. Thorpe should battle it out at right guard and and, and go from there. And then I have Will Fries as the right tackle, but I also have Chaz Wright in there as well. Des Holmes is there. Mm. Sterling Jenkins is there. I mean, at this point, do we know what we're going to get from Sterling Jenkins? We don't. Scout team contributions. Right. So Des Holmes is a guy that's made some moves. And I think the most intriguing guys in that list, probably Holmes and Gellerstead among the tackles, because they're going to get a lot of snaps. This spring, they're going to see a lot of time, um, you know, both very different tackle prospects, but big bodies that have sort of grown into those positions. And, you know, we'll see where they, they hang out. But again plenty of bodies to throw in there you know a lot better situation than it was a couple of years ago so uh, I, th- I think that would be my starting and too deep and uh, obviously subject to change and it probably will in the next two weeks so, alright I'm uh, do you fill out multiple brackets when you fill your bracket I have yet to fill out a bracket generally speaking but yeah I do I do because yeah, you know you, you get people that invite you on ESPN you get people that invite you on Yahoo then you get the smart people that invite you on CBS Sports through 24-7 Sports yes the best people nailed it and uh uh, yeah, so I do fill out multiple. I don't spend too much time on it. Um, I, I saw the what the uh, uh, five different types of of tournament people was like. Uh, you know, oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, it was great. It was, and I, and I'm I think everyone like the guy after the first game who says my brackets busted, and you just want to punch him in the
0: face like that guy. Yeah. I'm a big no. The, the worst are the updated, and I'm going to get to the reason I ask you in a second. Okay, but uh, the oh still ten for ten. It's like congrats. Like, upsets are fun, but if you need a good bracket, you need to secure your Final Four teams first and foremost. Yeah. So cool, you picked 12 over 5. No one's ever done that before. I'm a a, a big in-my-other-bracket guy. Like,
1: oh, yeah, I (laughs) I ruined my bracket. But, you know, my other bracket, I've got
0: Wisconsin-Milwaukee going to the Final Four. So... Now, the reason I ask you is because I'm going to fill out two different starting lines right now. Okay. I'm going to give you you know the one that I would bet on okay. and then the fun one where I had Penn beating Kansas you as the first 16-1. I'll you say. can't
1: put Mike Miranda in all five spots. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. I, t- I saw you type that out and have to delete it all. All right. Okay. So the boring bracket. The the chalk, this is what I would bet on if I had to bet. Okay. Uh, I'm with you. Ryan Bates, left tackle. I think it's his best spot. The only thing holding him back there, in my opinion, is just getting a little bit more, uh, a little meaner, more physical in the run game. Pass protection, he's your best option there. No okay. question. Steven Gonzalez stays a left guard. He's been improving. There's just 340 pounds of just, you're not going to move him. Uh, Connor McGovern stays at center. Right guard goes Michael Bennett. Right tackle is going to be Will Fries. I draw. think that makes yeah. the most sense. You I think draw. it does. Yeah. Okay. Throw that out there. Great. Here's my pen going to the Sweet 16, beating number one Kansas on the Scratch way there. Scratch it out and go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's start with the right side. Okay. Ryan Bates at right tackle, okay. where we last saw him. Festival, couple of snaps in Maryland, which is a little weird. Probably injury-related, uh, as we discussed and wrote. Right guard, C.J. Thorpe, steps in. Yeah, boy. Well. Not quite there. No, but no. no. Um. let's see now we've got center Michael Minnett at center okay okay Mike Miranda left guard okay uh, Wolf Rye's left tackle okay so in this instance Steven Gonzalez uh, has been moved to tight end because you know, they need a tight end they do need it a tight might end not just play with an unbalanced line you know okay got those moves I wouldn't want to fight him. We all saw the bench press last year. What was it, like 4,300? Yeah, something like that. It was better than our pro day, which still hasn't happened. Still not going to happen, sadly. But it's going to be bigger and better than ever. Okay. Uh, the only regret I have with that line is obviously leaving out Conor McGovern. Um, but, you, had a, you had it in a little too deep there, didn't you? Well, yeah. I mean, we all know this is, you know, Penn's not going to make the Sweet 16. Um, shout out the one or two pendulums alums probably listening. Uh, but okay, Connor McGovern goes to right guard. Take that back. Mennett um, still at center, and then CJ Thorpe, Mike Miranda, fight for that left guard spot.
1: I'm curious how Mennett or excuse me, how McGovern at guard would go. I mean, he looked good there as a freshman, uh, for yeah. a freshman, you know. But uh, move to center, obviously a lot different in terms of uh, assignments and, and getting things down. So maybe not the big step forward we expected,
0: but yeah, yeah.
1: it'd be interesting to see him back at guard.
0: All right, I'm going to take them back because that's not going to happen. I'm going to take your, the chalk line all, yeah. all day. <laughs> all right, so put C.J. Thorpe back in there. You just Let- benched like
1: four starters.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> C.J. Thorpe, right guard. Ryan Bates, still right tackle. Okay. Uh, this is everyone else is tuned out except for the real offensive line, I, nerds, which there are a I've couple tuned, on the back. I've tuned out. No, you are. This is like a ping pong here. Your uh feedback center will be because um, yeah, we got CJ Thorpe. Center is still going to be Connor McGovern, left guard will be Mike Branagh. So you got two redshirt freshmen in there, okay, that have beat out you know, a former five star redshirt sophomore, Michael Mennett, um, and uh, Steven Gonzalez, but he's my dead end. All right. And whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> and whatnot. Not serious with that, by the way. No. But we like to have fun. I mean, the the
1: cool thing is in the spring game, they're going to have two should be decent offensive lines to work
0: with. So oh, yeah. I'm going to be interested to see that. I thought you were going to say two tight ends. I don't know if I could say that right now. I'm not sure that they're going to.
1: Yeah.
0: Was um was a blue-white game last year the best football game that Jonathan Holland played all year? Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: he didn't play much football because of Mike Kosicki, but... Right. All right. Well, I think that's a good time to wrap it up.
0: Yeah, this has been fun. It has been. So when we reconvene, there will be more hoops talk. I think we're probably going to have to bring you back that one because you're, you know... Big time. Johnny has a big appearance fee, and we, we don't have much budget for this uh, Lions 24-7 podcast. Okay. But we will be on the other side of Pro Day. We'll be on the other side of the start of spring ball. No more what to look for, who to watch. It will be, this happened, this is what we're hearing... Let's talk about it. Let's talk some real football. Sounds good to me. It'll be fun. All right. And whatnot. Thanks for joining us on the Lions 24-7 podcast. 10 bands, 50 bands.